From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. We are back with Allison Parker of Radical Root Organic Farm talking marketing advice and tips. Hear how Allison learned how to start small and grow ideas based on what she's passionate about, in this case herbal medicine, and tapping into a strong existing market such as her CSA members. A self-taught first-generation farmer, Allison Parker launched Radical Root Organic Farm with her husband, Alex Needham, in 2009. It's a certified organic family farm in the Chicago suburbs of Libertyville, Illinois, located on land accessed through an innovative land trust partnership where she's reinventing a 150-year-old farm through organic and permaculture principles. Today we're at Radical Root Organic Farm in Libertyville, Illinois with farmer Allison Parker. Thanks for letting us stop by, Allison. Your story is really inspiring because you've created a successful, vibrant farm business after a couple of years, but as we were talking about in other episodes, doing your research, doing your self, self-learning and all of that, but you've got a savvy sense on the marketing side, which is, I don't know, I've always found the thing that farmers least want to talk about, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we like to grow things and we like to eat them and we would, if we could give them away, life would be just peachy, right? But tell me how, what, what are your outlets for your produce here from the farm? You've got a couple of different ones, right? Yes. So we do one day in Chicago. That's the Logan Square Farmer's Market um, in Chicago. Uh, And then we do, now we do three days here on the farm. So we don't leave the farm. We just sell out of the barn. Like a farm stand. Our farm stand. Yes. And um, so we do that three days a week. And then one day a week we have our um, CSA pickup from the farm in the barn as well. Um. So, um, and then we have our CSA shares in Logan Square at the same time as our market. So, um, yeah, I feel like at at one point we were sort of all over the place and doing, you know, multiple drop-offs and, which is fine for some people. For us, it was just too crazy. And when your location here being so accessible lends itself to doing more on-farm sales. Right. Which, yeah, if you don't have to drive anywhere, all the better. (laughs) All the better. So is it... Is, is CSA sort of your core or is it more the market or is it kind of almost to split a third, a third? It's it's really almost split at this point. And the, I mean, it used to be our CSA is what we really almost completely relied on. Um, and then the Logan Square Farmer's Market um, was sort of like, you know, just that was sort of an extra outlet. But now it's really split where it's, yeah, they're actually pretty equal. So the one thing we did drop so I think like we were, like I said, we were kind of crazy at one point and we were also doing multiple wholesale accounts and that we've completely stopped. And that was just because we felt like we needed to streamline a little bit better. Sure. So, But yeah. would that be a strategy you suggest for someone starting out to 
kind of try it all. Or, I think you know, try we'll it see all. what works and yeah. what's best for your I think that's exactly, personality even. Right. right. I think that's exactly right. I mean, try it all. I think just because like restaurant sales didn't work for us does not mean that it does not work because I know lots of farmers that that's that was that's what they're um, their bulk is is the wholesale um, <clears throat> and the restaurants and things like that. So really, I think trying all and like just seeing, you know, if sometimes you can just catch fire with certain things that you know maybe another farmer couldn't necessarily do. So. Sure. And the farmers market you do is in the neighborhood of Chicago, right, Logan Square. How mm-hmm. did you decide on that one, or did you experiment with different ones? We did Logan Square Farmers Market, and then we did the Green City Markets, um, and we dropped Green City. Uh, most, That's like the all organic kind of yeah, mostly organic. Yeah, they have, they have oh. a lot of yeah, they have a lot of people that are not actually organic there. But well, they, look, see, look at the image. Yeah, right. silly yeah. me. But the idea, you're right. The idea is like it's mostly like it's supposed to promote sustainability among farmers. So, um, but yeah, we just we never got um, a huge CSA from the Green City Market, so that's kind of why we. Stop that. And Logan Square, and we have people that have been RCSA customers for 10 years since we've started. So, and they live in that area. Yeah. Oh, so that could really drive yeah, exactly. deciding your market. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so they're all neighborhood people. I mean, so it's like, it's cool. It's like a, it's, it's a very, for that, for us, it, it's a really consistent market, which is why we've kept it for so long. So. Sure. And that, again, that makes a lot of strategic sense in developing a CSA if you can have your members close to each other. Right. right? I mean, yeah. Build- Exactly. Yeah. 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 We've become like such good friends with a lot of our CSA members. So it's like a fun, it's sort of, I don't know, at this point, it's sort of like a fun thing for us to do. Nice. Nice. Is it a sat- weekend market? A Saturday? It is. It's a Sunday market, which Sunday. actually, oh, that's a yeah, which is actually kind of as hard just because we feel like we just don't never have a weekend, you know, ever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're harvesting on Saturday, right? Yeah. So it's Monday, that's, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. And then you also have, well, both personal interests, but this is evolving into part of the farm business pie, too, of the whole herbals and the health beneficials, right? Right. Yeah. So that was always my intention, too, is to somehow incorporate medicinal plants within the farm. So, um, and that was because I had, you know, I had three herbal apprenticeships that I had done. And I, I'm just really, I'm always learning about it, um, even still. So, um, yeah, to make medicine from plants, that's what I was always called my idea. Yeah. And um, so kind of it starts out, I mean, I make a lot of medicine for my family right now, but um, I'm, I have an expanding herb garden, herb patch right now that I'm going to, I have almost enough to make enough product for, for the farm stand. And then kind of like see where it goes from there. And yeah. I, I like to start really slow with things. So, I mean, I've, I've been learning about, uh, I know several herbalists who do like an herbal CSA and a medicinal plant CSA. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So I'm kind of starting to research that too and see if that's something that we can do in the future. But well, I, like, I like to start really small. You'll have your, your base of CSA members to test it out however you want yeah. to do that in the future too. Right. That's what I find really fabulous with the CSA model, well, many things, but the fact that you develop well if you're successful you develop like you folks a core dedicated member base and it's great to test new ideas on i mean that's where i see some a little bit more up up north in wisconsin by me where all these pizza farms are popping up but the successful ones Mm -hmm. are coming off of csas because 
A, they know how to grow produce, and right. B, they have extras, and C, they have a devoted following. So yeah. you, know, you don't have to pay for advertising or that right. sort of stuff. It's all strong word of mouth. That's totally true. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. There's such a community part of the CSA that's really special. Because you really see food as broader than just fuel. I mean, yeah, it, it, right. you see it from that holistic permaculture viewpoint. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really just, you know, my, my, you know, I'm so interested in like holistic nutrition and just, you know, getting our, you know, producing the healthiest plants we possibly can through the healthiest soil we possibly can, you know, creating the healthiest bodies we possibly can through food and the diversity of nutrients that we can accumulate in that. That's a really, I I personally think a neat add on to a CSA of Exactly what you said. You're providing healthy food, healthy nutrition, but all of us at different stages of our lives for different things have needs right? that either need to be supplemented or cared for in yeah. different ways. And how can you offer that too? You'd be one-stop right. health shopping. Exactly. <laughs> when you, when you yeah. need a doctor when you come to radical? <laughs> seriously, yeah, seriously. Exactly. So when you talk about the herbals, are you thinking more tinctures or plants or dried Tinctures, or um, dried for herbal infusions, um, some salves, and um, yeah, maybe some, I can never pronounce this word, oxy, oxymils. They're sort of like a, it's basically a tincture, but it's with, with, uh, made with honey, which we have bees for our honey. Oh. Um, and apple cider vinegar, and you're basically creating a almost like a not exactly that a drink. Yummy, <laughs> yeah, I know, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but it's a, it's really popular. A lot of herbalists will make oxymels. Oxymels. Uh, it's, it's spelled O X Y M E L. I can. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. I've only. I think I've only read it. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah. Are you, you do you have both? Uh, perennials and then annuals yeah we do yeah mostly so it's mostly perennials that um i've started growing um and uh yeah so so and the patches of each plant have gotten bigger and bigger throughout every season so yeah i feel pretty i almost feel confident enough to actually start you know Mm -hmm. start cranking on um, a lot of product rather than just a limited amount for our family well and that stuff too could if you wanted to extend into the winter season then yeah too. exactly because right now do you do just the seasonal markets or do you dabble into the winter too yeah so we um we do because the farm is our only income alex and i are just farmers we don't have another second income just farmers us, yeah. but you are far, yeah you're dedicated yeah <laughs> i hear you <laughs> But the winter is always where it gets a little tricky for us. Um, so those past few winters, we've overwintered our chickens. So we sell our eggs through the barn. Uh, we used to do wholesale eggs. We stopped doing that. But we, yes, we do on-farm sales where people will just, it's just on our system. People just come and get that. Um, and because that was successful, we started doing other things like uh, we overwintered two hoop houses of greens for uh, winter greens that we would that we bagged and we sold with alongside the eggs so people could pick up those too. here at the farm stand yes here at the farm stand yeah. and then we have we grow off storage roots that will also sell um, throughout the winter so those things so so we do have customers that will come every week for those things um and so that that's the main and then we just we we try to save as much as we can so we can get through um the winter and then we have our csa money starts coming in you know around january um 
So we'll have, so we kind of can start our season through that. But we're really, we're super like, we're like the most frugal, thriftiest people. I mean, I feel like that, (laughs) that really is the benefit of never having had cushy corporate jobs. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said about that. And you probably, personally put up your own food yeah and we your, preserve I see all the canning and stuff you've got around here yeah. so that saves yeah we really like we barely go to the store i mean we we really preserve as much as we can i'm very like obsessed with like old world how people used to you know live sure. in the winter so um so i'm always like reading about that and so i i've i feel like we've done a pretty good job over the past few years trying to get that um yeah that steady that's great so, so on that marketing note what what advice would you give a woman farmer starting out exploring markets? And it could be anything. Are there things you see here in your area that they're just, we need more of or specializing versus doing a lot of different things or. Right. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I think that definitely trying different things out um, and really kind of going to with, with what you are most, you know, are most interested in and, and believe in the the most, like the medicinal plants, that's just something that I just really, really believe in. So I feel like that really helps propel that. Um, and like markets, I think that, you know, for the Logan Square Market, uh, we knew it was a really busy market. We knew we had friends. Well, we used to live in Logan Square, so I guess that's maybe another reason why. So maybe oh, yeah, roots there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we knew we would at least have our friends come and buy from us. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of like asking around too, and kind of like talking to other farmers. I, I think that you know, farmers are really like a good community. Um, you know, they're always kind of help trying to help each other and. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, Oriana was, you know, was just here. You know, was he wanted advice about the cooler, and Oriana's really good for us to ask about our pear trees. You know, yeah, I mean, things she's like the that. Where pear it's, queen. Where it's really, um, it's really cool, just like being able to, yeah, kind of just seeing because everyone wants to help each other. So yeah. No, it's that collaborative spirit of our organic farming community, and I think we we women farmers take it to a whole other level yeah. of, of support in a good way <laughs> yeah. because we we. It's that formula that doesn't make sense from a traditional business model. It's like, why would you want to help a competitor business? But you see it at market, I'm sure. The more vendors you have, right. the more attendees you have, the more everybody thrives. Yeah. I also think it's like, um, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of like what uh, what I was when I was mentioning Austin, how like they had multiple farm stands that I feel like the more farm, you know, farms that are out here, the better this place is. I mean, the better this like, um, you know, this area is really the more desirable it is to to be here. So, yeah, I think perfect. It's- awesome. Thank you, Allison. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.